0: Hello and welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us for our next lesson in our series over the book of John. John is a powerful book that shows us who Jesus is. So we're calling this series Who I Am. Through seven signs and seven powerful I Am statements, as well as through Jesus' life and death, we can see that Jesus is God And as God, He offers eternal life to those who believe. Well, thanks again for joining us. We hope that you enjoy this lesson. All right, turn your Bibles to John. John chapter 11. We're going to be finishing up chapter 11. We're going to be going into uh, chapter 12. And today, on your title, it says The Carrying Shepherd, and that's wrong, I just forgot to change it, so on your little handout thing, it's actually suppressing the truth, and we're going to go all the way through chapter 12, verse 11, so it's a long passage, we're going to be spending a lot of time um, on it today, so uh, buckle up and get ready, but the question I want you to think about, the main question, and I think it's on your sheet, is what truth do you suppress? What truth do you suppress? And we might not even understand what suppressing is, but here's a verse uh, that I I think goes really well with our lesson today. It's Romans 1, 18 and 19. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. Okay, and so we say, Well, what is suppressing the truth? Um, People have a sin nature, right? You guys all know we have the old self, we have the new self. As believers, we have the new self. We have the old self, we have the sin nature. And part of that sin nature is wanting to suppress the truth. Now, this Greek word for suppress, it means to hold down. Okay? It means to hold down. Uh, Tony Evans has a good little um, beach ball illustration. So I thought I'd bring you a little illustration, okay? Okay, so it's, it, this is the idea of suppression, okay? See this ping pong ball? Okay, and if you're like me, um, my papa, he's that which is like my grandpa. He had a pool when I was growing up. Okay, and we were never allowed to go to like public pools or anything like that, uh, which is good for me. But we, uh, my grandpa had a pool, so I was at the pool like all the time. Right, obviously, because it's a pool. Okay, and it was like a big one. Like could go like down ten feet deep. Had a diving board, all the cool stuff. And whenever I was in the pool, like if I uh, ever had like a ball, there would be times I would try to see how long I could hold the ball underneath the water. You know what I mean? Like I try and put it between my knees, or I try and hold it down. Um, or there were times I also I played basketball in the pool, and I try and like pull off a sweet move and do like a spin move. But I put the ball like under the water so they couldn't grab it. But it was really hard to move the ball into the water because I had to like hold it down. Okay, it's like this ping pong ball. Okay, when I push it down, right? I'm holding it. That's suppressing. That's what suppressing is. Okay. Uh, and if this ping pong ball is the truth, this is what men, mankind, tends to do with the truth. Okay, But the thing about truth is, you have to continually hold it down, because if not, it continually tries to pop back up. It continually comes back to the surface, right? To be seen. And so, that is what we're going to see today. We're going to see a group of men who suppress the truth, and, and we're going to also see another individual man who suppresses the truth in a different way. And what happens when... The world suppresses the truth. If you go on and you look in Romans 1, is you get, you get deeper and deeper and deeper into sin. Because you, you just continue to try and hold that down. You push it down. You shove it down. And you get deeper and deeper in sin. And we're going to see today some men that suppress the truth so much that they're willing to murder not one person, but two people in order to push that truth down. Okay, And for us, okay, we are not unbelievers... Okay, who are suppressing the truth about who God is, but even as believers, we can suppress the truth in our own lives because we don't want the truth to surface. Whether that's truth about ourselves, whether it's truth about sin in our life, or about the importance or reality of what that sin is, we can suppress the truth. Okay, and so I think we can still learn from these guys about how we can be truth promoters rather than truth suppressors. Okay, so. That's what we're going to look at today. We're going to see the religious leaders suppress the truth, and we're also going to see this guy named Judas, who you guys probably have heard of before, and he's going to suppress the truth as well. We're not going to read the whole section together because it's so long, but we're going to start in verse uh, uh, 47. Okay, So look at John 11:47. 47. We're going to read one verse to start with, and we're going to see the truth, because here's the thing about truth. It's always trying to surface, Right? And we are not generally suppressing something that we don't realize somewhere in the back of our mind uh, that is true. For example, uh, in that passage, I should have left it up there. What, uh, that which is known about, about God is evident within them. There's something in these people that God has put in them that they understand that there is a God, you know, or something, a truth. And, and they, they understand that to some degree, but they suppress it and they deny it. right? And in this verse, we're going to see that there is a truth, and I think they even recognize that it is a truth, but they start denying it and trying to push it down. Look at it. okay? Therefore, the chief priests and Pharisees convened a council meeting, and they were saying, what are we doing in regard to the fact that this man, that is Jesus, is performing many signs? So first we see, that there's a council that convenes or gets together. So there's a bunch of people that get together, right? And in this day and time, supposedly, or the way it was supposed to work is there's supposed to be 70 religious leaders who got together for these councils, right? And then there was one high priest that joined them, which there's only supposed to be one high priest in general, but there's one high priest that was supposed to join them. So it says 71 religious leaders, 71 men that were supposed to be leading um, the people of Israel, okay? And so they got together, they get together and they convene, um, and this time Caiaphas, we'll see him later, he's the high priest. Um, there's also some weird things going on though, because like Caiaphas married into this guy's family named Annas, I think is the way you say it, I don't know, but he married into this family in the Romans because of, because of the Romans and because of how kind of I think wicked and like bad just the readers, the readers were, they, they kind of like made the whole family High priest instead of one person. And it was like kind of this mess that really shouldn't have been. But anyway, Caiaphas is the one that's leading at this meeting. Okay, So Caiaphas is going to be the high priest. And we assume that there are 70 other leaders because of the family issue and all that. There could have actually been more. Uh, It would have been just, you know, we just don't know that. So look at it again. Therefore, the chief priests and the Pharisees convened in a council meeting. And they were saying, what are we doing in regard to the fact that this man is performing signs? Okay, so what is the truth there? Jesus is performing signs. Okay, why was the book of John written? So that people would believe. He gave us signs. He gave us the signs of Jesus. What Jesus did, who He was, so that we would believe in Him for eternal life. So the truth that these guys start suppressing right from the very get-go is that there's this man named Jesus and He is performing signs. And we're going to get into... More of this, why that's a problem for them and why, and the suppression of it. But they see this truth that Jesus is performing signs, he's performing miracles. Essentially, as Jesus said before, his works are his testimony, and they see that. They see that what he's doing backs up what he's saying, and they want to suppress it, okay, which we'll see in just a second. This is a verse from Numbers. This is talking about um, three of the tribes of Israel, so it's not directly written to us or anything like that, but I think we can take application from it. Uh, Reuben, half-tribe of Manasseh, and Gad, Okay, if you guys remember, they all wanted to stay on the other side of the Jordan River, but they said, don't worry, we'll go help you conquer the land, then we'll come back across. And Moses says, but if you will not do that, if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. I like this verse when we're talking about suppressing the truth, because the truth is that these, in this case, they would have sinned. So the truth would have been that they sinned. The truth would have been they went against their word. And that truth keeps rising here. That truth is going to find you out. And we use this a lot, out of maybe out of context, maybe not. But the fact is, is that these guys are going to try and suppress this truth. But that truth about who Jesus is, it keeps popping up. Like nobody can deny it. Nobody can get rid of it. They They cannot eliminate the truth. Okay, and I think that's... That's important in our lives in general in a lot of ways. Um, because, like, why, why has the Word of God lasted so long? I mean, I know it's God's Word and He made it last. But it's because it's, it's true. It's because it's true. Like, we, people, you can only deny it so much. and I mean, you can deny it all you want, I guess. But you're just suppressing that truth, but it's, it's never going to go away because it's true. Okay, it's the truth. And so these guys, they see this truth, they want to they suppress it. Okay, let's look at the problem, and okay, we'll get more into application as we go along, but let's look at the problem, it's in verse 48. Okay, and when I say the problem, okay, I'm not saying our problem or the problem with Jesus, I'm saying, what is the problem with the Pharisees, that, that, what is the problem with the truth? Because you have to have a problem with the truth to suppress it, right? Like, <clears throat> if the truth is that Reese is an all-star basketball player, she's not going to suppress that truth, there's no problem with that truth, Right? Like, she's an all-star basketball player. Why would she suppress that truth? Right? But there has to be something about that truth that is affecting you that makes it to where you want to suppress the truth. Like, in our own life, if I have a sin that I'm dealing with, come on in, man. Sin anywhere. Come on in, guys. You guys can have sin. So, if there's a sin in my life or whatever um, that I'm dealing with, that sin could cause me a problem. Right? I may be ashamed of that sin or don't want somebody to find out what I'm, how I'm sinning. So that presents a problem, therefore I suppress it. Okay, so there's got to be an issue or a problem with the truth to make me suppress it. And we see the problem here in verse 48. Look at it. It says, If we let him go on like this, all the people will believe him and the Romans will come and take over both our place and our nation. So the leaders have a problem with this truth that Jesus is essentially who he says he is, that he is Messiah. They have a little misunderstanding, I think, about what he came to do, but they don't really care about that, honestly. All they care about is that people are following him. And the truth that they, the problem for them, the truth is is that they think that they're going to be displaced in their leadership, meaning that right now they're leading the nation of Israel in a lot of ways. Even the Romans, even though the Romans are like overlords over them and they have like these governors that are Roman, these religious leaders, because of the religious uh, freedom, which sounds kind of weird, but the Romans did give out some religious freedom to certain people at certain times. Okay, And so they allowed, at this, at this moment, they were allowing uh, people like the Jews to be able to perform their religious freedom kind of on their own as long as it wasn't an insurrection or a rebellion. So when it, if it got ever to a point um, where they, the Romans felt like it was a rebellion... They wouldn't allow him to have that religious freedom. But that religious freedom right now was allowing this, set, this group of 70 men to be in control and power of a lot of things in Israel. Does that make sense? So they say, they say here, hey, if we let him keep going, all the people, talking about the people of Israel, will believe him. Okay, Now, is he speaking the truth? Jesus, Is Jesus speaking the truth? Is he doing the truth? Yeah, and so if people believe in him, that's a good thing. But they don't care. They're suppressing that truth, right, too. They're suppressing all these truths because, because why? Because if they believe in him, the Romans will come and they'll take over our place and our nation. So the first thing I already, I already talked about a little bit, but it's going to cause them to lose their position. Okay, They're going to lose their position as leaders, and they want to be leaders. Okay? And we're going to see Caiaphas. He's, um, he's a very prideful man, and a lot of these guys, I think, are prideful. Probably not all of them, but we're going to see his pride in just a minute. And they, they love their position. They love who they are. They love being uh, thought of as the religious elite and those who are better than everybody else, right? So they're afraid of losing it. And then second, and I think this is like, a, I think this is a secondary, I have some quotes by some guys in just a second, but I think this is a secondary reason. But if you know anything about the Romans, they're swift and destructive, right? And right now, at this point, they're, they would seem at least all-powerful, right? So... If they did view the Jew, if they did view Jesus as rising and people following him as a rebellion, then there would probably be a lot of destruction in, in uh, Jerusalem and where they are. But I think this is a secondary reason. Okay, this is a quote from. Uh, I always have a hard time with this guy's name, but I think it's Borchert. Okay, it's just a really hard name. But anyway, this is a quote by him. He said, "But the position of." Hemon, which is the R, like look down at verse 48. Uh, at the end of it, says the Romans will come over and take both our place and our nation. That Greek word, hemon, I mean, I, I think that's how you pronounce it, but that's the word our. So the placement or the position of that in the Greek suggests that, the, that um, it was not the temple and the nation about which the council was most worried, but it was about their role as leaders. Right, is their role as leaders they didn't they didn't want to lose their position because the number one thing that you know for sure is if the Romans come in and they think that religion is causing a problem, what are the Romans going to do to the religious leaders? They're going to displace them they're not going to have, they're not going to be able to have that authority anymore because the Romans don't care if it's some other person that and the religious leaders say well he, he's not a part of our religion they don't care they're going to displace the religious leaders and so they're worried about that. So now we see that the truth is that Jesus is backing up what he's saying. He is Messiah. He is God. He's proving it with miracles. And they're like, we have a problem with this. Because if this continues, we're going to lose our place. Okay. In the same way, the truth in our lives at times cause us problems, or what we might think are problems, and we suppress the truth. Okay. So let's look at what they do to suppress the truth. And we're going to look at... We're going to look at several things here. We're going to look at the religious leaders, how they suppress the truth. And then we're going to see Jesus go to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. And we're going to see one of his disciples suppress the truth. And then it's going to come back around and we're going to see how serious the religious leaders are about suppressing the truth because they, they, want, to, uh, they want to do some pretty harsh things. So look at verse 49. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor are you taken into the account That it is in your best interest that one man die for the people, and that the whole nation not perish instead. Now he did not say this on his own, but he was the high priest that year, and he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but in order that he might also gather together into one the children of God, who are scattered abroad, so that from that day on they planned to kill him so they plan to kill Jesus so we see this guy uh, Caiaphas and he is the high priest he's one of the religious leaders and I mean you can see his pride here right at the beginning I mean what's the first thing he says you, know nothing. you all know absolutely nothing all right and there, there's a there's another place I didn't look up where it's at but I think it's like on when Jesus is on trial actually J.B. mentioned this I don't know if you remember where it is but Caiaphas actually, he calls the people, he says that they're essentially idiots, like the regular people, the non-religious leaders, like they're idiots, they don't know anything, you know. Um, and so we can see this guy as a prideful guy, okay, but let's look at, we've already talked about it a little bit, let's look at what truths th- they are suppressing, because this is where he starts to try and suppress it. He says, we're going to basically suppress it by killing him. If we kill him, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end, okay, which, by the way, did that work? It didn't, because truth always rises, okay? So they're suppressing truth. What are some things that they're suppressing? Here's I got a couple things that I thought of that they're suppressing here. One is that Jesus' works testify to his truth, okay? Jesus' works tes- testify to who he is and to what he does, and they're putting that down. They're saying, no, we're going to hold that down. We're going to push that down. That is not true. It can't be true. He is not the Messiah, okay? So they're suppressing that. Um, this one, Jesus is not coming um, to conquer Rome. So, the reason I put this in there, okay, is because these guys are religious leaders. Okay, so think about it this way. Should they know the Scripture? Did they know the Scripture? Yes and yes, right? They should know the Scripture. They did know the Scripture. So, they should know that the Messiah is not coming to conquer Rome. Okay? But I don't don't think they really care. Honestly. I just think that they want to stay in the position that they're in. Okay? Now, that's just kind of like something that I was thinking of. The final one Uh, and this one I think is obvious too because if they did know the scripture and they should know the scripture the things they know about the Messiah they should see in Jesus right like look at all the prophecies that he fulfilled yet they're pushing that down and saying you know what we don't care if he's fulfilling prophecy we don't care if he's healing blind men we don't care about any of that we're going to push that down we're going to suppress that even though the Old Testament and the scriptures as Jesus said again bears witness about who he is they don't care Okay, there's a lot of other things they're suppressing. Okay? There's some things that I thought of um, that we see through the passage that they are suppressing. Okay? So he says, you know nothing at all. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to kill him. We're going to kill him. Okay? I have a couple quotes because look at it again. Um, well, just start in verse 49 again. It says, but one of them, Caiaphas, who was a high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you take an account that it is in your best interest that one man died for the people, that the whole nation not perish instead. Now, look at this, verse 51, because it's kind of interesting. It says, Now he did not say this on his own, but he was high priest that year, and he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation, not only for the nation, but in order that he might also gather together all uh, one one children uh, of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they planned to kill him. So John says, listen, this guy, Caiaphas, even though he's wicked, he prophesied God made what he said come true, just not in the way that Caiaphas thought it would. Okay, because Caiaphas is essentially saying, we need to kill Jesus so that Rome doesn't come in here and destroy us all. Okay, and that was kind of his excuse, because I think he wanted to be in power. Like, he doesn't want people, the Romans to destroy his people, because they're his people, right? And so he says, I don't want, you know, it's just better for Jesus to die than the whole nation get disrupted. But... Was it better for Jesus to die for everyone? And did Jesus die for the entire nation? And not only the nation, but everyone who would come to God? He did. And so it was a prophecy. And God used that prophecy. Uh, This is uh, Tony Evans. He says, The wicked high priest was merely thinking on a physical level, but his words providentially foretold a spiritual reality. Indeed, the one man would die for eh, sins of many. I typed that one, obviously. Uh, I didn't copy and paste. For the sins of the many. Okay? And so, even though this guy is wicked and he's evil, God is using his words to prophesy. And eventually they're going to use the evil deeds and acts of these men to perform the greatest uh, thing that's ever been done. Here's another quote by the guy whose name is really hard to pronounce. If any human words in history could be described as an ex cathedra, which means basically that the words are coming from God or from the throne of God, Okay? It was these words of Caiaphas, who John indicated, did not say this on his own. It was for the evangelist, or John, a prophetic act, but it was laced with irony because Caiaphas did not realize the vast importance of his own words. Caiaphas did not realize, <clears throat> even though you know, he was saying this, he didn't even realize what it actually meant. And he didn't actually realize how important it really was. Okay? Because Jesus did die for the sins of the entire world. And it, and it was better for us that he did that, right? So uh, it's, it's pretty interesting that he prophesied even though he was evil. And it reminds me of this, and we're going to see this more and more throughout um, today and then throughout as we go through and look at Jesus, just like his, his death and his resurrection, that God uses evil for good, okay? This is Genesis, and this is Joseph. Uh, this is after Joseph's dad, Joseph is, Joseph's dad dies, Okay, and all of his brothers, they're worried that he's going to kill them now or make them slaves or, or do something bad to them because of what they did to him, right? They threw him in a pit. They took his coat. They, they basically sold him into slavery. Not basically. They did sell him into slavery. So this is Joseph's response when they come to him, and they're like, hey, Dad told us to make sure you knew. You know, blah, 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 blah. So he says, as for you, you meant it for evil again,